Good morning, Hillside. I'm excited about sharing with you this morning. I have kind of like a little appetizer I want to give you today. I really appreciate, how many appreciated Dory's word yesterday about going to the garden before you go to the cross? That hit me so hard because so often in my Christianity growing up, I went to the cross. I was always feeling the pains, feeling the suffering. And, and when you're in that place of suffering and pain, you miss out on the power of having your will free to embrace the cross because you've dealt with your will. You've dealt with what you didn't want to do. And you interface with God with what He wanted to do and how it crossed your will. But there's something that happens when you have that garden experience. And I felt like this week I went back and had a garden experience with some things with God that um, I had been doing and feeling the suffering and the pain part and not experiencing the joy of having my will engaged. It's so different when we realize I, I choose to do this rather than feel like we're suffering under something. But when our will becomes engaged in the will of God, after we've dealt with the disappointments or the dissatisfaction of doing God's will, there's a, an excitement that comes that I am choosing to do this. It's my will. And there's just a whole enthusiasm and your whole emotion, your whole spirit, soul come into agreement and you're able to do whatever God has you to do. Remember Jesus endured the cross for a moment. It says that he for that suffering. He, but he looked ahead. He looked ahead to the resurrection. He looked ahead to what God was doing. And I was just reading uh, just about Joseph, the account of Joseph this week. And this verse really stuck out to me. It's Genesis thirty-nine twenty-three. Joseph had God's favor on him. He had that prophetic vision that he was going to be a ruling even over his family. And you all know that story. They kind of laughed at him and they ended up selling him. And he went through a long period of time in the prison house and then falsely accused. He spent another long time just in, in a place of despair and negative circumstances. But even in prison, Joseph was in charge. And this verse says, For the Lord was with him and made him whatever he did to prosper. And if you can get that attitude today about whatever circumstances you're in, that if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, if you have accepted Christ into your life and you've begun to walk the road of following Jesus, that no matter what you're in right now for the moment, it's going to transition. And there is ability that God is on you right now to prosper you. God is with you, even in the circumstance, to change you. In fact, he's using the very negative circumstance that you'd love to get out to change your life and to prepare you for the future and also give you a testimony and the ability to help people out of the very thing that you're in right now. I, I, I had a privilege of being with someone for 23 years on my work site, you know, with this person. And we, he wasn't a Christian, but God linked us together. And um, we shared deep things, but, uh, and he had different things he went through and different attitudes. But one thing always stuck with me, he said early on in our relationship, because he was a year older than me. He said, I was in Vietnam. And he says, once you have people shoot at you, you can go through anything. And I thought about that. You know, we get shot at as Christians. We get, we're the target. We go through negative things. But I tell you, we have the promise of eternal life. And if right now, today, everything looks bad, you feel bad, I tell you, if you have that prize of eternal life, if you have that, that ticket that you accepted Christ, you have eternal life. And really, we should have that attitude. What can bother us? What can bother us? My message title today is Miracles Through Evangelism. I could not have chosen the perfect timing to bring this message. It's been part of my miracle series that I've been talking about and getting to, moving towards for the last, I think this is six weeks. 
And our key verse today is Matthew 28, 19. Jesus said, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go. Our key word today is go. And I was thinking in 1961 when God had been dealing with my heart and he was getting me ready to make a decision, this man called Don Root came through our Baptist church in the season of, of hearing about God and seeing the transition in my life of my parents. And there was a season that God was working and preparing me. But it was this man, I can't tell you what he said. I can't even tell you if I was to have a, have a lineup and try to pick him out today if he's still alive and who he is, I, I couldn't not tell you. I could not even tell you what he said that night. But the fact that he came to our church and for three meetings he shared about surrendering your life to Jesus Christ. There was a pivotal moment in 1961 where at, at the age of nine or almost nine, I asked Jesus Christ to come into my life and it forever changed my life. I know that that was the most profound decision I had ever made. I felt God and I accepted him and I went for a while. I didn't feel God at all. But that was the ignition point. That was the place where everything began to start and change for me spiritually. And God began to build a spiritual foundation in my life. We went through that Baptist church my whole growing up. And in my early 20s, God sent me into in, really to Gospel Temple. And I came under the ministry of Ernest Gentile. And, um, you know, he really presented the New Testament, the, the uh, New Testament church. And how he modeled the New Testament church of Acts. And how the Holy Spirit, you need to have the Holy Spirit in your life. You need to have the power of the Holy Spirit working and activating your gifts and depositing gifts in you so that you can really get the best out of your spiritual life. And I thank God for those years. And I see how the different transitions God brought me through in my life. I went to, it's almost like being in different places. Um, I feel like the local church is the university of the Spirit. It's a place where God takes you, and you may have, some of you may be here, and you've had different journeys in your church experiences, and they all seem to play into what God wants to do to uh, build in you a, a foundation of spiritual life, and He'll take you through different seasons where you learn different things, and He, and he hones on in different things. And I remember in 1981, started really being uh, really excited, baptizing the Holy Spirit, young man on fire for God, and... Uh, I was hanging around with these people called Momo Ministry. And um, I had been in juvenile hall ministries for a few years, you know, just submitting under the different chaplains that had gone through. And I was the liaison between a church just coming into juvenile hall and the juvenile hall staff. And they, they had to have a little bit someone there who could work with the churches as they came in and did services on Sunday and also just kind of be with them so they could feel comfortable. And during that period of time, I worked with different people at Mole Ministries. And they were a very outreach church. They were very on fire, very sold out. They reached the homeless, the poor, the people in all the institutions and jails and everywhere else. And they were imparting into people's life. And God was really stirring me. And I was really kind of more connected with them than even my own church. And I met this young lady named Dory. And in that season, you know, we, we got married to God, and we knew this call was on our life, and we knew that, that God had put a go in our hearts. And for one year, I, I left Christian community, and I told Ernest, and Ernest was really kind of upset that I was leaving, you know, and he, he was kind of dealing with me, and I said, Ernest, I feel like I'm supposed to go. And so for one year, I went, and, and I connected with Dory, and it gave her a time really to get really in the place of change. And we thought God was going to put us into ministry right away, but after a year, we knew we had to go back because God wanted to work on our relationship. He wanted to work on us and have us be in a local church. 
And I like about what about Jesus and how he says to go into all the world. Making disciples is a process of going and staying. There are people who are called to go, and there are people to stay with the stuff. There are people who stay and make a stability so that people can grow in Christ and become disciples. And it takes a while to make a disciples. I sat under Ernest Gentile for probably total, probably about 23, 24 years total, you know. And the different seasons I went through were all, even part of the prophetic words I've had in the past, that everything I went through was preparatory to what God was going to do in my life, and part of it was being played out right here now. I want to talk about the call of God for a moment. Moses in Exodus 3, 4. You know, he he has this burning bush experience, but when you look at uh, Moses' foundation, though he was a Hebrew born, he was raised up from the time of a baby in Pharaoh's house. He grew up as an Egyptian he grew up in all the ways of Egypt, in all the knowledge of Egypt, and he was very learned. It says that he was a very gifted and very a polished speaker also. So it shows you when he went into some kind of transition, when, he, when God was ready to use him, and he says, I can't even speak, there was something happened in that 40-year period when he was still in God's process, but he was on that backside of the desert. I really believe he had a relationship with God, but there was another pivotal moment that came to him. He has gone back to the place of his roots, even though he may not have been totally aware of it because he had so much of Egypt in him. But he sees this burning bush and he turns aside to see it. And this is Exodus 3, 4. It says, The Lord saw that Moses turned aside to look. And God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. God calls people and there comes a moment in their life when they say, Here I am. There comes a moment and it's so much deeper motivated down in their spirit, down in their heart, then no matter what is going on around them, no matter where they're living or what they're doing, they feel an, an overwhelming drawing to follow that voice and to submit and lead and let God lead them where he wants them to go. In Exodus 3.10, God said to Moses, Come now, and I will send you. That little turning aside to look at that bush turned into, Come now, and I'll send you. And he answered that call. We all know the story. What about Ruth? That Moabite woman, her husband, her uh, mother-in-law Naomi, her, hu- her, her husband's mother, you know, loses the father, loses the, uh, her husband is lost, and another brother is lost, and Naomi has this loyalty. She doesn't even really know God yet, but she has this loyalty to Naomi. It's the call of God being formed in her life. In Ruth 1.16, Ruth said to Naomi, her mother-in-law, entreat me not to leave you. Or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. And your God shall be my God. The call of God demands and draws a response from us. What will we do with what God says to you? In Mark 16, 17, it says, Miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. Again, the spreading of the gospel, the taking our opportunity to simply share Christ. Miracles are happening. All of us here are a miracle. We're, not, we're here because we have accepted Christ. And if you're here today, it tells me, and you haven't made that decision, it tells me that you are a sincere seeker. And something is going on in your spirit. God is so drawing in you in and entertaining you that you want to make a decision, that he's drawing you to that place where you are going to make a decision and you're going to sign your life over to him. 
I think we all get the best of the deal, though. The message of the gospel is contagious. It's infectious. It's miraculous. Following Christ is very fearful because we put ourselves out there to follow someone who we can't see, and we find ourselves committing ourselves to do things that are very scary to do. But it's a proof that what happens on the inside really is real, and the kingdom of God is growing in us daily, moment by moment. In Mark 16, 19 through 20, when the Lord Jesus had finished talking with the disciples, he was taken up from into heaven and sat down at the place of honor at God's right hand. And the disciples went everywhere and preached the Lord working through them, confirming what they had said by many miracles and signs. The world is waiting for the good news. Are you going to dispense it? Are you going to tell people about Jesus? Are you going to impact the world for Christ? In the morning session, you know, uh, Chip Ingram was really talking. I love this morning. He was talking about really dealing with anger, but he was really talking personally about selling out, that there's no guarantee for what kind of life you're going to have or how perfect it's going to be. And how often the body of Christ is motivated by all the blessings of God, and we offer the blessings first. But our first and foremost goal would be and should be to follow Christ, no matter what his life plan is for us, that we submit and yield to that. And if the blessing comes, if the good things come, let's enjoy them and thank God for them. But if we go through hard times of persecution, if times are difficult, let's not throw Jesus out with the first difficulty. And the cry on my heart today is for us not to be religious, not to be going to church to give God a little bit of a token, but that we'd be, we would be here to say, God, I'm scared of what you might say to me, but God, I want to follow you, and I want to do whatever you want me to do. Romans 10, 14 through 15. Now then, shall they call on him, or how shall they call on them in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. This is probably, uh, probably a benchmark uh, Sunday in our church at Hillside. We've been here working on our 12th year. And it's a, it's a day of transition. It's a day of mixed emotions. By the end of the service, you're going to have mixed emotions about this service and what's going to be said. For the past five months, Kurt and Sarah Disney and Dory and I have been meeting and talking. For a while, Kurt has had a stirring in his heart to just give himself again fully to the call of God. And her and him and Sarah together have just come into this agreement that, you know, they're feeling like God is leading them to have a change. So it's been a very uh, different time and... Uh, we want to talk about that this morning. Kurt had his foundation with the Foursquare, and he yielded himself, him and Sarah yielded themselves to the Foursquare Church, and uh, they were sent out and began to pastor. And for a season, they were there. And in this transition, you know, God is doing some new things. As soon as they came into the church, I knew, I knew from the day he came into the church over 10 years ago that we would ordain him. I also uh, saw different times where it seemed like God had a veil over there. Remember the first time they were, had presbytery, that the pastors couldn't even see anything. They didn't even know what they were saved. And so I've seen this unique season that God has had over Kurt and Sarah, where their lives have been covered in shields. Just like I remember Elijah the prophet, you know, here the, the boy dies and, 
Elijah says, God hasn't told me anything. And I love how God takes us individually and he covers us. And he has plans for us. And we don't always understand how the plans are going to work out or what the transition or what's going to happen. But somehow in my, own, in my heart, I've always known we have Kurt and Sarah for a season. And in this season of transition, we want to talk about this morning. So Kurt and Sarah, uh, they're going to share with you for a few minutes. Wow, this is a, uh, it's an awesome day to be alive in Jesus, amen? And uh, Pastor Bruce, you couldn't have said it any better. The call of God is uh, without repentance, the gifts and callings of God without repentance. And, you know, we, uh, Sarah and I came here 10 years ago, kind of like with a broken wing, and uh, that broken wing's been healed up. And it's like the Lord's saying, it's time to fly again. It's not, a, it's not an easy thing. Let me just say this is a, a bittersweet moment. Um, you know, this is the longest we've been in one place of worship. You know, this is, we're going on almost 11 years here. Um, but we are feeling that stirring again to uh, enter back into full-time ministry uh, we've been reconnected with our Foursquare roots. We were in Foursquare for almost 13 years, um, pastoring and associate pastoring. And it's just a, it's a, it's a bittersweet moment. It's, it's bitter because the relationships that we've developed here, the friendships, the, uh, the connections, the fellowship, the, the, the great memories, the, the times that we have shared over the last 10 years, um, you know, but, but it's not the end, right? Um, we're gonna, we have all eternity to spend with each other. But we have business to do now. And he said, work while it is day, for nighttime comes when no man will be able to work. And uh, it, it would be easy for Sarah and I just to sit here and be comfortable. And, uh, but God is saying it's time to step out of the boat. We really feel this. And some might ask, okay, where are you going? What are you doing? We don't have, we have one word, and I think the word was go, okay? But we do know that we're going to re-enter into Foursquare and part of our getting back to our roots. So that's, uh, that is going to be our first step in this journey of uh, answering, re-answering the call of God. Um, uh, sweet moment meaning, it's bittersweet. It's sweet because we, from experience, have learned that when we step out in faith and obedience to trust the Lord... He honors that. Um, what does the future hold? Your guess is as good as mine. But, I, what, but if you read in Acts chapter 13, the Holy Spirit said, separate uh, Barnabas and, and Paul for a work that I've called them to. A work called them to, and they went. doesn't say what work or where they went. Just separate them for the work I've called them. Another example is Abraham. says that, Abraham obeyed by faith. He obeyed the Lord, and he went, not knowing where he was going. This is foolishness uh, in the eyes of the world, but in the eyes of God, that's what he expects of us, to take steps of faith. In fact, it's impossible to please God without faith, and I want to please God. You know, and as difficult and uncomfortable uh, as this is, and believe me, this has been stirring for about a year, but we've been communicating with Bruce and Dory for the past six months 
Um, and it finally came to a point where, you know, I've been, I've been waiting for the handwriting on the wall. Come on. I've been waiting for, you know, this, uh, but he, he gives you a word. He'll give you a word of knowledge. He'll give you a word of wisdom. He'll give you one word, and he expects us to take that word. His word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. We want his word to shine 10 miles down the road. But he says it's a lamp to my feet and it's a light to my path. And he expects us to walk in the light of the word that he gives us. So this is really a teachable moment. This is an opportunity for us to learn that, hey, God may uh, pull the down feathers out of the nest and make things uncomfortable. That's kind of a sure sign that, hey, he's stirring and saying, hey, move forward. And that's what he's done for us this past year. And as comfortable as it is here. Um, we have to say thank you, Bruce and Dory, for giving us the opportunity to uh, heal, to uh, recover, because ministry is a very difficult thing. And I don't think most people really understand how difficult it is. And with that knowledge, it's like, and I want to go back to it. <laughs> but that's the call of God, and God gives his grace to the call on your life. Whatever that call is, His grace is sufficient for us. Amen? Um, but when we left, when we resigned our pastorate in Jackson uh, back in 99, it was a season for healing and focusing on our own family. And uh, Sarah had gone through some uh, very traumatic um, emotional challenges that she's going to share just a little bit her recovery and how Bruce and Dory have been so instrumental in walking her through to where she is today, to where this broken wing is now healed again. So, Sarah, you want to share just a few minutes? Boy, this is a lot harder than <laughs> even grabbing the mic. Kudos to you, Pastor, for doing that every Sunday. But, um, you know, when we were up ministering as pastors, I, I was going through a difficult time, and I always thought it was the enemy and not figuring out what was going on. I, I had a hard time um, being around people. And as a pastor's wife, that's, that's not a good combination at all. And when, uh, as the years went on, as we pastored, it, it just became more and more difficult for me. And I, I felt like I became a weight to Kurt, you know, during um, that time and season. And we, we finally had made the decision that we needed to, you know, just let God heal this part. So when we ended up here... I felt like a broken teacup, and um, it's the only way I could describe it. And I just want to thank Bruce and Dory for, you know, helping glue and put all the pieces back together so I can be used again. It was a very, very difficult time. Even when I was here, you know, just um, I, I was diagnosed with a social anxiety disorder, and when I got healed from that well it just made all the difference in the world I was able to communicate with people and just love people and share with people and this is a miracle standing with the mic and I just want to thank God for your guys's ministry because it brought us to the point of healing and now that we're back on our feet God wants to use us again so just thank you So we're, uh, we're, we're uh, optimistic, we're excited, and yet it's still that step of uh, uncertainty. How do, you spell, uh, how do you spell faith? 
R-I-S-K. You know, and I think that's what God expects of us, to trust him entirely. And this is making us dig in like never before. And, um, and I just know that God has good things in store for all of us. So um, we're excited. We're thankful for our, our season here. Ten years, is, or almost 11 years, has been a, I don't know if we overstayed uh, our welcome. In uh, uh, any of you that, uh, any haters out there, just know this. God might make us next door neighbors in heaven. You're going to be stuck with us. So uh, be nice now, and that may not happen later. Anyway, God bless you, and we're here uh, for the next two weeks, and then, and then we're, we're flying. So thank you, guys. I just wanted to take a moment, and we'll see if I can get through this without tears, but... But, um, you know, uh, I knew when Kurt and Sarah got here, we, we knew you were, were pastors. It was in your heart. We could see it in you then. And, we, and as we heard your history, we knew that someday God was going to put you back out on, in, into the field of work. And so we're excited. But one thing about the kingdom of God, that if you haven't been around the kingdom of God very long, you're going to find out is that we as human beings hate change. But the kingdom of God is all about change. It's all about us changing. It's all about the kingdom of God advancing. And this is a glorious day that we should be so excited. I am so excited that the kingdom is moving forward with a giant bound this morning. Praise God. Wow. This was not scripted whatsoever. You stole my thunder. Um, I'm one of the oldies but goodies around here. We, um, I want, <laughs> I am a goodie though. Uh, I wanted to tell you this, that out of 27 years in Christian community, doing everything you can think of from cleaning toilets to taking care of the junior highs, and there is some similarities in that whole thing, <laughs> but I wanted to say that we have, we were fortunate enough to see our church was healthy enough to seed at least four churches, possibly five, but at least four churches. Now, this hurt, okay? This hurt, and I'll tell you why it hurt, because those that seeded the church were my peers. They were my friends, and they didn't just go by themselves. Uh, when we actually seeded them, some of them, some of my friends went. But Judy and I, if you don't know anything else, we don't go anywhere unless the Lord speaks to us and tells us. Now, the fifth church, the Lord was speaking to us. And Umwa, these two, happened to mention to us they were going to start a church. And we knew without a shadow of a doubt, Judy and I, we were to come here and to help these guys and lay our life down for the kingdom of God for Bruce and Dory. To the best of our ability, we've done that. Kurt knows exactly what I'm talking about. And so uh, I, I'm famous for rabbit trails, and so I didn't want to make Dory nervous um, or have IBS or anything. So actually, believe it or not, when I woke up this morning, God just dumped a word, boom, dumped it right in my heart. And I jumped up, and I just wrote, wrote it down 
on my iPhone, and I went and I printed it off. So don't think this is like scripted. I've thought about this. I've rewrote this. This comes straight from God, and, and I just wrote it as such. And when I said you stole my change, the very first words, this, I, I, I have different translations, and this is contemporary English version. I think you really understand where I'm coming from. It says, no one likes change. And because I was wondering why I was bugged, you know, and I said, well, no one likes change, especially when it comes to our loved ones, and we love you. Even one of the great Bible leaders felt the same way. I'm going to take you to the scripture in Mark 8, 31 through 35. Jesus began telling, oh, by the way, I'll set the stage really quick. They had just, Jesus had just fed the 5,000, okay? He had just healed the blind man. So the disciples, especially Peter, were pretty pumped up. This is a good thing, man. We got a good thing going here, right? Then Jesus drops the bomb. Jesus began telling his disciples what would happen to him. He said, the nation's leaders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law of Moses will make the Son of Man suffer terribly. He will be rejected and killed, but three days later he will rise to life. Then Jesus explained clearly what he meant. Peter took Jesus aside and told him to stop talking like that. But when Jesus turned and saw the disciples, he corrected Peter. He said to him, Satan, get away from me. You are thinking like everyone else and not like God. Jesus then told the crowd and the disciples to come closer, and he said, if any of you want to be my followers, you must forget about yourself. You must take up your cross and follow me. If you want to save your life, you will destroy it. But if you give up your life for me and for the good news, you will save it. You have saved your life more than once. And I put down, will I miss curtain, Sarah? For sure. For sure. <clears throat> but I'm sure all of you can see the pastoral call that's on this couple. For, for uh, I don't for one, want to be used by Satan to stop the gospel from being spread. A healthy church, and you just said it, a healthy church is a church that sends out people to spread the gospel. The seed, you raise them, the seed, you spread it. An unhealthy church is one that it's ingrown with little or no change. God is continually changing. Why, why should we be any different? If you're the same person you are today that you are a year from now, you need to check your Christianity because God's always doing something in our lives. And if he's not, you need to seek after that, and you need to be a different person. Sarah and Kurt have the guts to do it. This is not a negative thing. I told Bruce and Dory, uh, I had a twofold thing. Yeah, I'm going to miss them, but this is a good thing. This is a healthy thing. And we need to embrace them. And I found out those that have left me, I'll bump into them five years later, and it's just where I left off. And you want to know something? I know where you live. So, hallelujah. Amen. Wow. Interesting, because this morning I woke up, and uh, the song came to me out of nowhere. And I said, oh, wow, how appropriate. I'm sure maybe most of you guys have heard it from John Fogarty, Centerfield. This is how it starts. Well, beat the drum and hold the phone. The sun 
is out today. We're born again. And then the chorus is, oh, put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play today. And I'm thinking, wow, that's, that's kind of where we're at. I mean, you guys are ready to play. We, we all knew it was, you know, at some point this was coming. Um, there is some DNA. There's hillside in these guys, and they're going to go out there, and, and it's, we're excited. I think um, it's an excitement, and it's sadness, obviously, because we're, we're, we're losing some very good friends and a piece of us. And uh, I'm just I'm very grateful to have known you for these last eight years, and, and uh, I can't wait to see what happens from here on out. So, amen. We were called years ago, and we've had this over and over where it said that we would really uh, minister, and we were called to help broken leaders. And I have to tell you, it's very exciting finally to see a broken, broken leaders go through the process and have the character for the first time in this church where we can absolutely validate what is going on here. We have not had that opportunity, so that is a great, great blessing to us. Great blessing. I don't know if I would have been able to do this if last Saturday, 5.30 in the morning, um, I, God woke me up, and he said, uh, release Kurt and Sarah and support them. And I called Bruce, and he said, I was just praying for the Disneys, and I said, the Lord spoke to me this morning very clearly that we're to release them. And so... Um, he said, you know what? You're absolutely right. I feel the same thing. We were in such agreement. As I'm praying for them, I know that this is right. And so we called them over later that day, sent a text. We think God's speaking, finally, after six months. And uh, come on by. And so we shared our thoughts about that. And they were actually coming to say that God was speaking to them. So it could not have been better timing. It was a confirmation for us, and for me, that's a very big deal. If God says it, I can do it. And when he doesn't speak, it's very challenging. And so um, I'm just grateful that he did that for Bruce and I because of, you know, change is hard like we've heard. In two weeks, um, I'm on my way to Montana to speak at a conference, and so I'll be back, not this week, but the next week, the week right before Easter. Please pray for me. <laughs> um, I'm leaving Bruce with this transition, um, and so pray for him, you know, because it's hard. It is hard. It's hard on a church. Um, but we want to have a celebration, and we also want to give you guys a chance to process, because you know what? You're going to do that. You're going to be thinking about this. You know, you're going to be thinking of what does that mean? What will that look like? And then we want to have a celebration. We want to do a really nice lunch and a, a, a very nice goodbye and pray over the Disneys, not this next Sunday, but the Sunday after. So we hope that you will all come and be a part of that. If someone who's not here, if you would let them know so that they can be here, that would be great too. But Thank you for letting us just do this service today like this. I, I think you know we try to give words here 
I think it's so important to give words. And I know so many of you have come from homes where all of a sudden one day mom or dad left, someone died, you know, and you never knew quite what was going on and you didn't have words. And part of our commitment to you as pastors is to give you words, to let the healing process happen. This is very positive, but also those feelings of abandonment and loss can still happen because you grow and have attachments with people. Just when we uh, shared it last Sunday night with our advisors, I mean, there was emotion. People felt that, that loss, you know, and that place of grieving. Last Sunday, I had to go into my office after church and just cry, get on my knees and cry because you connect your hearts with people. You love people. And it's just part of that process of, of seeing people come and go, but just realizing that God is doing incredible work throughout the earth. The more people who respond to the call and go out and do what they're supposed to be doing, that means the more people are going to come into the kingdom the bigger God's house is going to be filled. But I have a scripture I want to close with before we do communion. And, you know, there's a number of scriptures in the Bible that, that talk about the goodbyes. And Paul says goodbye to the church at Ephesus. He had been there for three years ministering. This is Acts 20, 36 through 37. When Paul had finished exhorting the Ephesian church, he knelt down and prayed with them all. Then they all wept freely and fell on Paul's neck and kissed him. I just pray in this process that you know, you will open your hearts and just share things with Kurt and Sarah. Uh, we're going to have cards out in two weeks where you can write a note, and if uh, you want to begin to just think about what you're going to do, maybe we can even have them next week. Can you start writing out, you know, your feelings and what you think about them? We'll be able to give that to them. If you have a spe- Maybe you have a certain card you want to do, that they can just hear what they have meant to you, you know, in, in the process of, of just ministering and being here and being stable for you. So we just really want to appreciate that. You know, we want to uh, have communion now. And Bruce, I don't know who's passing out communion. We're doing it a little bit different today. We want to pass out communion, and I thought it would be a great day for us. Maybe you want to take it with your family. Maybe there's someone you want to take communion with. And really, our communion, our fellowship is all around Jesus Christ. He's the center of our love. But also, in taking, taking communion with each other, we can process those connections that God gives us and the gratefulness that we have that we can open our hearts and have fellowship one with another. So, uh, Bruce, you can just start passing it out. I want to read you another verse. This is um, 1 Corinthians 12, 27. It's really about now we are the body of Christ. Paul says, now you are the body of Christ and members individually. I love how God takes in consideration who we are. First, we are individuals. We have feelings. We have emotions. We have thoughts and aspirations and dreams. But we're members of the body. We're connected with God. And God values your feelings. He, he values your emotions. He, he values your thoughts and your dreams, the places where you get discouraged or upset. But we're also members. You know, he connects us to himself, and then he connects us to a body. People, real people with real needs, real feelings, real emotions. And as we uh, learn to interact together and receive and uh, be gifts to each other and learn from each other, we become that body that's uh, not just going to have all kinds of connection in, in heaven, but we're learning now how to have relationship. We're, we're learning how. I love this series we're going through about learning how to deal with our emotions, 
deal with those disappointments, deal with the things that have upset us and caused us to be angry, dealing with the roots of things that we haven't been able to get free from so that we can be free and have relationship again. Soon it's all passed out, I'm just going to um, have you stand up, and if you want to go to someone and have communion, do that. I'll just kind of say a prayer and release you. And if you want to take communion by yourself, that is so fine. If you're new and you're visiting here today um, and you don't feel comfortable, if you want to, me and Dory will take communion with you. If any of you want to communicate or commun- do communion with the Disneys, don't overwhelm them, but get around them. So we're just about all done. Will, you, will everyone stand? Lord Jesus, we just want to connect with you right now. God, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for coming and dying for us. Lord, we thank you that your body was beaten and bruised. And Lord, you sacrificed yourself that we might have relationship with God restored and we might have eternal life. God, we thank you, God, that you paid the price that we might be free from sin. God, we thank you, Lord, that You're helping us, Lord, in this process of learning how to relate, learning how to let go of the past, learning how to deal with disappointments and hurt and loss and death and everything that happens in this life. God, we just want to come to you today, and we thank you, Lord, for your blood. We thank you that your blood washes us from sin and cleanses us and that gives us a a right standing with you, regardless of how we, we feel or the things we do sometimes, that we can come to you and say, God, forgive us that we're because we're sinners. God, forgive us because we've missed the mark. God, forgive us because we failed in relationships. God, forgive us for we haven't just understood what you're doing. God, we thank you for forgiveness. And we thank you also for cleansing. And God, just a renewed hope and just an excitement you give us through your Holy Spirit that we can get up and start over again every day, no matter how many times a day we, we need to do it. God, help us now as we just take communion with each other. God, be blessed with our relationships in Jesus' name.